and my name is Chelsea Tanner. I'm a flutist and a mindset coach for musicians and today we are talking about imposter syndrome again. This is part four in our series. We've talked a lot about what imposter syndrome is and how we can help manage it in our own minds and today I think that I'm going to offer some frameworks that maybe would be helpful to dismantle if you're a classical musician you've been through music school and you're feeling this imposter syndrome because I think the thing that we have to do is we have to not buy in so deeply to everything that we've been taught in order to create agency in our own lives because So much of that power is taken from us if we just do everything everyone else says and then hope that we get a job. I think that I definitely thought that if I just did everyone everything everyone told me to, that I would have a job, I would get the things that I applied for, that I would, you know, if I worked hard enough, then other people would see that or value that but I think you know reflecting on the past couple of years when I had a job end and I I was really questioning all of that because I thought it was you know some of my absolute best work in terms of transformations for my students and yet I didn't even get an interview for that job and I really had to go on this journey of dismantling or buying in to the framework that I guess that search committee believed or the people in power in this industry believe. And I really think that that's so freeing and it gives you so much power back because you get to decide that you have value, that you like what you have to offer and I really just think that that is like the, the secret sauce. <laughs> that's, that's the missing link because there's so many disempowered musicians out there. Okay, so there are some frameworks I think that are very good to question if you find your brain believing these things. And I don't mean just like intellectually, oh yeah, that makes sense. This is probably all going to make sense. But does your brain believe it? Does your body believe it? Right? Those things are so linked and they affect how we play so much because our subconscious and our body play our instrument. So if that part of us has learned that imperfection is not okay, then it doesn't matter what your conscious mind thinks in that moment. You're probably not going to handle that pressure very well because your body is literally scared. It thinks it's going to die. So I think that this is one thing to just check in. And if you intellectually be like, yeah, like, of course it's okay to make mistakes. My body still even has a reaction to that. (laughs) Right? Like, I don't think it's actually okay. Like, okay to make mistakes. If I say it in that way, it might be okay if I do something I didn't intend to. Like, that's how I, I square with it. Like, I might go out there and do something I didn't intend to do, and that's okay. 
But for some reason, my brain still thinks making mistakes isn't okay. And I have like a bodily reaction to it, even though those are the same things. Language is powerful. So really think about this. Like what have you bought into that's actually holding you back, right? Imperfection is not okay is is just one of those frameworks, right? We're told that we have to be perfect to be considered and perfect doesn't exist. Smoke and mirrors. It's like, (laughs) it's ridiculous. We're buying into all of these things that just kind of put more pressure on us, right? Perfect doesn't exist. Of course, playing all the notes that are on the page and the rhythms and the markings, sure, everyone can do that wildly differently. Like you have your, think about the top 10 flutists in the world or insert your instrument here. All of them play their Mozart concerto differently. They all play things differently. And if they all went to an audition, only one would be picked. It doesn't mean the others don't have value. It doesn't mean the others are incorrect or imperfect somehow. So this black and white thinking, this imperfection is not enough or Perfection is the only thing that will be okay in my brain and my body. And even if it is perfect, sometimes they still don't pick you, right? So that's something else too. So there's so much pressure when you think I have to do everything perfectly because the instant you mess up, wow, that's a, that's a recipe for a brain spiral, right? You fall apart so quickly if that's the only thing you're trying to do. So add some nuance in there. Do you like the way you play? Really ask yourself that. Do you, like, is your version of this your favorite? Right? Is your version of the Mozart concerto your favorite? If not, why? Why is another version better? How can you adopt some of those things? What is the vibe that yours doesn't have? How do you create that for yourself with your sound? It's, it's something that I think is so important because that's going to help you build confidence. So questioning the framework that imperfection is not okay. Another framework to question is I have to do it this way or it's wrong. Right? We think about that in practicing. There's so many method books. I'm nauseous about it. Like, There's so many different ways to develop technique and tone. I've literally written some myself, right? Like there's so many different ways to develop your skills as a musician, but thinking that you have to do it one way or you're doing it wrong is going to hold you back because you're going to not want to do it wrong. The fact that there is even a right or wrong in this sentence is what we need to question. There's no right way to learn. There's no wrong way to learn. And if your way of learning does not jive with your studio teacher or your former teachers, just know that that's okay because you're not them. They're teaching what they know. And you got to learn how to learn for yourself. And a lot of times that does not look like what your teachers did. And that's okay. But no one tells you that's okay in school. So I totally understand if there's some hesitancy there. <laughs> um, I would say career path too. I have to do it this way or it's wrong, right? Like you don't have to do anything. Like you literally don't have to do the same thing everyone else did. Obviously, there are 
advantages maybe to doing some of the things people who have done it in the past have done, right? Like that makes sense. But if you're thinking like, oh, if I don't get into this festival, then I can't do like, no, everyone doesn't get into festivals. I'm going to say that again. There is not one person who has gotten into every festival they applied for. And if there is, that is the outlier, right? So I just want to put that out there. Everyone has. (laughs) And probably more rejections than successes for literally everybody. I I just want to say that because no one puts their freaking rejections on Facebook and we need to like start learning that we're not alone in this that this happens to everybody um this one kind of goes along this framework with the last one but I think a lot of the framework we've learned is like what is your career status timeline right so like oh okay I'm in my early 30s Like, we all kind of have an idea, like, oh, I probably should have won a job by now, right? Like, if I'm in my 30s, I think this is going away a little bit because the landscape is broadening in terms of what musicians can do and what people see musicians doing as a viable option, right? So, I mean, career and status, us having this framework of, oh, by this time I should be doing this. Oh, I should have already gotten my master's or I already should have gotten my DMA, all of that's garbage. None of that matters. All of that is nonsense. Question it. Like, why would it be better if you did your master's sooner? Why would it be better if you did your master's later? You can make an argument for everything. So why not make the argument on behalf of yourself instead of using it against yourself? Right? I really think about this a lot. I think that sometimes I wish I'd taken gap years. Sometimes I wish I hadn't done it kind of all in one go, basically, except for one year. You know, I think that, but if I think, oh my gosh, I'd be so much more successful now if I had taken gap years, like, I'm not going to think that because I didn't take gap years. And it's not going to help me at all to think that it would have been better had I done that because I can't change it. Okay, so really questioning what your brain is telling you about where you should be by now. Any of that? Any of that? Oh, I shouldn't be here. I should be there. Any talk like that is never helpful. It only creates shame. So if that's kind of the rhetoric your brain is spitting out, really question it. Why? Like really think about someone who knows nothing about music and you're saying I should be somewhere else and they're like, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't see why that needs to be, right? I think that we could all zoom out a little bit and, and use some perspective because we've, we've been kind of operating in the same framework a lot. And this um, goes into comparing yourself to other people in the same field, right? If you're comparing yourself to others in the same field and their timeline versus your timeline, like you have about one... 64th of the story 
right? The majority of their time is not spent what you see online, what you see even as they present themselves in public. You don't know what's going on in their head, right? Doesn't matter. We have this idea that it'll be better once we've done the thing, that all of a sudden we get like a break from being human and feeling inadequate. Like we don't, we don't get a break from that. It won't be better there. Like it won't have been better if you did the other thing. So if you're looking to the past and thinking that it should be different than it, it is, that's going to create a lot of suffering. So really question, like, how is this actually great? Right? And if you can't get there, like, well, what's happened in the meantime? What did I learn from this? Or, or even I'm here, I'm just here with this skill set, with where I am, with who I am. Now, where can I go? And even just try to wipe that slate clean, right? So really just saying, I'm here. This is what I've got. Where do I go next? Let's go, right? I think that that's a really amazing thing to practice. Now, the next framework I think we should all leave in the garbage is the idea that there isn't room for everybody. Now, I know people are probably going to think, okay, well, actually, there are only a finite number of orchestra jobs in the country, and there actually isn't room for everybody. Cool. Keep thinking that. You're going to feel terrible. That's fine. I think that there is room for everyone's talent and everybody's just I don't want to say gift. I don't know why I'm using that language in this context because I usually hate it. But I think everyone's sort of like magic. Do you know what I mean? Everyone has their own way of playing and approaching the instrument. And that's beautiful. And I think that the world has enough room for all of it. The, th- the thing that doesn't have enough room for all of it, all of it is this industry, this system that's based in scarcity, that's based on scaring people into thinking they're not enough. And then everyone's scrambling to try to get this one job. And I mean, I still take auditions. I'm not saying that like you shouldn't do that. But I do think that when I have the thought, there isn't room for me, I get really sad. (laughs) It makes me think that this is all for nothing. It makes me think on a bad day that I've wasted the last 10 years of my life, right? So truly, really think about how you're looking at this stuff because there is room for everybody in the world because everyone exists in the world. And everyone brings something different to their instrument. And that isn't valued in the industry, but that doesn't mean we can't value it as people. So... Framework number four, I think, (laughs) that I think we should dismantle is that your musicianship and skill only has value if someone's actively paying you for it, right? I had like a two-year gap in the pandemic when I didn't perform at all, and it got me down. I was like, am I, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm still a flutist. Like, I'm still professional. I've had so many professional jobs and gigs that I feel like that's definitely true. But I think that sometimes 
we think that, oh, but no one wants it and it's worth nothing. Why did I do all of this? Other people were right. It would be better if I went into tech and was coding and making multiple six figures, right? Like we all, (laughs) I mean, most of it, I don't know. I think a lot of people have that thought, but it's not necessarily going to be better. The issue here is how you're viewing yourself as a musician. We can't help if someone wants to pay us for something or if they don't, but like, what do you think of yourself? And if it's a bunch of brain trash thoughts right now, then that's okay. Doesn't mean you can't change that. You can totally change that. But just knowing that it's not necessarily the circumstance that's making you feel bad, it's those thoughts. If you were just in that place and didn't think any terrible thoughts about yourself, you'd probably feel okay, right? So that's just one more thing that I wanted to mention in that, like, it doesn't matter where you are status-wise, your playing still has value. Another one that I think that fits into this is sometimes we think that it was all for nothing, right? That when we prepare for something, And then we don't get it that all that work was for nothing because it doesn't show up on our bio because we can't use it in our website. We can't can't do things with it, right? But that's absolutely untrue. That's not all for nothing. You gain something from that. You prepared for an audition. That is no small task. And even if you don't actively learn from it, It doesn't even have to be for nothing. It can just be. It could just be neutral. So if you're thinking something was all for nothing, it's not. It's just, it it just happened. And at best, like, you learned from it. I think I used to do that in competitions. I remember one time I was like, I, I took the bus to this flute competition and I took a really late bus back home and I didn't advance in the competition and I cried all the way home because I thought like oh this is supposed to be worth it like this late bus ride and now I'm just here and I'm uncomfortable and I feel terrible and now I'm gonna get home at four in the morning and I lost right like that was my mindset and it felt horrible right and I think that I would have done it differently probably probably would have stayed an extra night right if I had thought maybe you know what's the best thing for me to do for me (laughs) instead of oh, I'm going to sacrifice a bunch of things and make it really hard for myself and I'm still going to win. And when I didn't, I would beat myself up and tell myself it was all for nothing. Nothing is all for nothing. Nothing is all for nothing. Okay, next framework. I haven't done enough. Lose that framework. Drop it like a hot potato. Seriously. I haven't done enough is like the anthem of music school. I haven't done enough. If you think that, if you're like looking at your resume, if you're thinking, and this is different than, oh, 
I want to do more. That's a different energy than I haven't done enough. Totally different. It feels different in your body, right? Thinking I haven't done enough is useless. You've done what you have done up until now. If you think it's not enough, that's going to make you feel inadequate and small, right? So stop it. You have done what you've done. And if that's what you need to say instead, say that instead. I have done what I've done. Let's go from here. This is where I'm at. Let's go. It's like my practice mantra. It takes as long as it takes. Let's go. This is where I am today. Let's go. You know, because you're accepting where you are. I haven't done enough is invalidating where you are. So if you're tempted to think I haven't done enough, stop it right now. Drop it. (laughs) And let it go. Because enough is made up. You will not cross the threshold and the universe will suddenly like open up and there will be angels singing and you will feel amazing. It's never going to happen. It just isn't. If you're thinking I haven't done enough and that's the thought that you practice, then put anything in front of it and you're still going to feel inadequate. Right? I haven't done enough. Oh, I won four competitions last year, but I haven't done enough. I didn't win any competitions. I haven't done enough, right? Like if you use the same words, it's going to make you feel the same. So let's drop that one. Okay. Framework. This is the last one I have. The next framework is someone else getting something means you lose out or you can't have that thing. And I just wrote, no, stop. <laughs> right? And that this kind of, this comes up sometimes for me as well. I mean, we've all scrolled social media and we see someone get something we've dreamed about for a really long time. And that's amazing for them, but it makes you feel bad. Now, why does it make you feel bad? It's because your brain is making that person existing mean something about you that makes you feel bad. Maybe it's that you haven't done enough. Maybe it's that you're not good enough. Maybe it's really proving this framework that it was all for nothing if you don't win, right? We're dropping all of those, right? And so if someone else gets something or someone else plays incredibly well, that doesn't mean you can't. I want to repeat that. Just because someone else plays incredibly well, that doesn't mean you don't or can't. I used to be in warm-up rooms where I thought the person next to me was amazing. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way I can do this. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. This person's making their own sound waves. I make my sound waves and we're just going to do our best. And we're both going to play how we planned. We're both going to do what we came here to do. And we could probably both advance. That's definitely possible. But our brains are not usually going there first our brains are usually thinking about the fact that there isn't room for everybody that's why that specific framework is pretty toxic um so really all of this is to help you feel better right feeling better is only going to improve your life feeling worse about yourself if you're trying to negatively motivate yourself will not help you. I know some people still think like, oh, well, if I go too easy on myself, 
then I won't ever improve or I don't have a realistic view of the world. Who cares? Like, if you, you, like, I won't improve if I, if I kind of beat myself up all the time. I know that about myself. I get into anxiety brain. I'm in my head. I have practiced in that place and I've been practiced in a grounded, focused, loving place. Those are totally different. One is way more productive. You will literally practice less hours if, if you feel better. You won't like need to practice as much. Anyway, maybe that's a different episode. Um, but yeah, stop making someone else's timeline, someone else's career, someone else's playing, that comparison that we're taught to do, right? We could be critical about it, but as soon as our brain makes it mean something about us, that's when it gets really dangerous because it doesn't just mean anything. So those are my frameworks I think that you should get rid of. Um, I also think one framework is, is also that there is an objective good or bad. I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but I want to just touch back on it. Everyone has different opinions. There is no objective good or bad. So if someone says, oh, that's just like objectively bad, that's not true. Someone could find it good. Bad is an opinion. Good is an opinion. They have no place in your mind as you practice, first of all. <laughs> Mostly descriptive words are good for that. Anyway, that's an aside. But no, no good or bad. Just this is what it is today. Where can I go from here? How can I get curious? How can I question all of these things my brain is telling me? Because that's learned in music school and we need, once again, drop it like a hot potato. You don't need it. Okay. So next month is February. And I always think about February um, being the Valentine's Day month. So next month is all going to be about self-love and love for yourself and how you can cultivate it and all of that good stuff. So we're going to do another um, kind of three-episode series on self-love. So I hope you tune in for that. And I hope that you have a beautiful week. If you're interested in taking this work further, I have a one-on-one coaching program that will help you get into the mindset of your dreams. If this episode resonated with you, I highly recommend booking a free discovery call with me. It's an hour on Zoom where we discuss where you are, where you want to be, and we talk about how mindset coaching can help get you there. Check out the link in the show notes to sign up.